Welcome everyone to our weekly discussion podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle. And I am Pastor Holly. And we want to welcome you to uh, one of my favorite seasons of the year, Pastor Holly. Yes. Advent. I can't believe it's here. I can't believe it's here either. It's crazy. Yeah, I feel like we've been in a, um, an Advent of Advent for like <laughs> two years, you know, I love waiting, that. just waiting. You know, we <laughs> we started... This is crazy. I don't know if you remember this, but we we started our podcast exactly a year ago. Yes. Uh, and actually, I think the very first podcast we recorded, we we released them in January mm-hmm. of of this year. But we started recording them in just after Thanksgiving. Yeah, way early. Because way early. We didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. Like we don't know how long this is gonna take to make <laughs> it, uh, you know, streamable. Right. So we started really. We early. started really early. So. I, I'll never forget the the first uh, Happy New Year we said was like, yeah, the first week of December. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We were sitting here like laughing to ourselves and yeah. being all clever saying Happy New Year when it was not New Year. When it was not New Year. We thought we were hilarious. We thought we were hilarious. <laughs> and then you listen to the podcast and it just seems totally normal yeah. because it was the new year. <laughs> the magic of media. That's right. Merry Christmas to everybody. <laughs> There's a little insight. <laughs> So uh, they don't know when we're recording. This. No, they don't. Have it no might idea. be July. We could have done this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we could have done this in February. Yeah, you have no idea. <laughs> it's not February. No, it's not. No. Uh, so, Pastor Holly, uh, what are some? It's it's uh, we're entering into the holiday season. Uh, what what are some fun Christmas traditions that your family has? Okay, so let me tell you this story. When I was growing up, uh, we I have a huge family, and mm-hmm. we had our our one of our big traditions growing up was to have pizza every Christmas Eve, and it was such a such a big deal that we like made rules around it. Like we're not going to have pizza after Thanksgiving, wow, because we want to make sure it's like a special treat on Christmas Eve. Wow. So, and I feel like I don't know about you, but when we were growing up, pizza was not the common. Yeah. Like dinner food, what it is today. Yeah, right. Um, so it was kind of a treat. And so that was every year growing up. And then when my husband and I were uh, were dating, uh, I told him about that tradition. And I was working at the hospital, uh-huh. at a hospital at the time uh, when we were dating. And so I remember I being like having no seniority at the hospital had to work Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Oh. And because hospitals, you know, yeah, right. they're always open. So, uh, so my husband, my uh, who, who uh, fiance at the time, he had gone home to visit his family uh, over Christmas, and I was working Christmas Eve, and I got home really, really late on Christmas Eve, like just to my empty apartment, just be in Seattle, no family, feeling kind of down, right? And there's a pizza waiting for oh. me because that was he like ordered and made sure that I would have my Christmas Eve pizza. That's so, amazing. Anyway, that's not like all my family tradition, but that that's the big story in my family. I love that's that. When my parents were like, "Yep, he's the one." He's the one <laughs> with a pizza. <laughs> Good job. That's amazing. What a cool story. So we still do that. Yeah, you still pizza do that in my family on Christmas. Eve. Okay, yeah. nice. On on Christmas Eve, growing up for us, we used to watch. I don't know. I know everyone's got like holiday uh, movie. Yeah, things yeah. That they do. So for my wife's family, it was uh, Home Alone, but I think it was Home Alone 2, not the first one. It's the second one. That's right. That was like their go-to like Christmas Eve movie. Okay. My family, we also had a Christmas Eve movie. It was Dumb and Dumber. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a Christmas movie. I I don't. Why? I don't know why. (laughs) That's amazing. It was... (laughs) 
it's not at all what I expected to come out. I of know, your mouth. not at all. But that's hilarious. We looked forward to that, and it was like wow. we never watched it during the year except for on Christmas Eve. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> that was it. We that was our kind of Christmas Eve Christmas movie. Is that like your parents' way of making sure that it wasn't playing throughout the year? <laughs> yeah, like, we're gonna we're gonna make this special and tell them they can watch it once Genius. a year. Yeah, that <laughs> they that was probably yeah. they should have. <laughs> thought about that oh wow so wow. That, that's pretty fun and Dumb then another kind of fun christmas eve uh tradition that my wife's family had is that they uh open up pajamas a uh, matching pajamas yes that's like the one thing that they open on christmas eve which we've adopted into our family so fun. now we do that and it's really really fun my family we we didn't really ever do anything other than just eat dinner and watch Dumb and Dumber. And then all Christmas <laughs> activities were uh, were on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. that was pretty fun. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So so we're in Advent. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, we're kicking off our Advent series, Pastor Holly, by talking about kind of a more traditional, the kind of more tra- tra- traditional approach to Advent. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of want to introduce the season of Advent, and we're going to talk about the hope that Advent brings along with it. Uh, I love the season of Advent. It's one. It's one of those times during the year where I actually really like following the church calendar. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, because it uh, it orients us uh, for this particular holiday season, and it starts off. Uh, Advent actually is the beginning of the new year in the Christian calendar. Yeah, which a lot of people don't know. So Advent always begins the last Sunday of November, and it all it is always the first Sunday. Of the Christian New Year, yes, isn't is, that cool? Yeah. We're going into the the final year of our uh, our our calendar, our traditional calendar. Did I just say the final year? Yeah, we're not. Okay, listen. Oh wow, this take that. Take apocalyptic. That back. We are, yeah. The world is not ending, as far as I know. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody! <laughs> wow, that's a different. That's a different. It's a uh, whole podcast. different podcast. Yeah. yeah. The final month of the year, right? We're wrapping things up, and there's that celebration before we go into our new year, January 1st. But in the in the church calendar, in the Christian year, this is the new start, the right. new beginning, um, the, the the new hope. Yeah, I love I have I love it. I mean, logically, it makes sense that the new year starts with brand new life. Yeah, right, right. Jesus uh, being born, coming to earth. But I also love that it starts with the the one of the most like practical steps at God's rescue plan for humanity. Yes. This is when things start to be different. So we're going to celebrate this uh, yeah. each year and I love it. It's like it's, this is a major climax in history. Yes. Right of, of and and if we read through the Bible we can see that it's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. So the Advent season uh, goes for the four Sundays before Christmas. Mm-hmm. It ends on Christmas Eve. And then the Christmas season uh, starts on the f- on the Sunday following Christmas Eve. Yes. And or or sorry, starts on Christmas Day. What am I saying? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in pastor mode, thinking on Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Christmas season starts on Christmas Day and goes for twelve days. This is so different than the way we think about it in our right. culture, right? That the Christmas season begins on Christmas Day. I mean, for a lot of us, Christmas season begins the day after Thanksgiving. That's right. Exactly. Maybe before. It's like yep. moving toward November first. Right. And then on Christmas Day, it's kind of like that's the big that's the big day, and then it's done. Then it's over, and, it's, and people are like, that's "Take right. that tree down! That's yeah. been up way too long." But it's again, it's different in the church calendar. It's different in the church calendar, and my family's actually had this practice. We've adopted this yeah. uh, to celebrate these these two seasons to end the year, Advent, 
which is really a season of waiting, and and we'll talk about it here for a moment, just waiting in expectation. Uh, but but I love we leave our Christmas stuff up uh, for the Christmas season, yeah, and Christmas music and lights and all of that stuff because we want to linger in the actual incarnation of Jesus, the coming of God, and. And I, it, I mean, honestly, even though that has been a practice for us now for several years, it is tough. Yes. When we we're leaving up our Christmas stuff, what into what is this, the new year essentially? Right. Uh, it feels culturally that feels weird, but spiritually, I love it. Yeah, yeah, because culturally, January first, it's kind of this new start. Everyone's yeah. cleaning cleaning stuff out, yeah. and 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 we're lingering in this season. New and it, it goes until what January sixth, I think, yeah. which is the next. Um, major holiday on yep. the church calendar, which maybe we can talk about another time. Sure. It's yeah. really cool. It is really cool. So uh, the, just that uh, might be a helpful thought for you as you practice this season, because I think part of the Advent and Christmas season is pausing long enough to appreciate what's happening. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's one of the things I think that's important. We just talked about that Advent is about is the season of expectation and waiting, which is really hard for us to do in our culture, yes. just in general, but we know the end of the story, right. Right? right? So I think sometimes we just want to rush through it. Yeah. And because it's almost like we're just waiting to get to Easter or, you know, we, we know that Jesus has come. Right. We know that he's died on the cross. He's risen from the dead. We know who he is, what he's done. Yeah. So sometimes it may be just a little bit difficult to kind of embody that sense of waiting. Yeah, we just we want the celebration, which yeah. which makes sense. That's that would be a natural um response, right, is to just jump to the celebration, but the waiting is so important. Yeah. And I think one of the things I love about Advent is as you said, we do know the ending. We know the end of the story or we we know what happens. We know Jesus is coming. Um and that's really uh a, a that's a really cool thing. But I think that stepping into this period of waiting intentionally, even though we know, we're like, we can skip it because we know. Right. Is there really, do we need to sit in that um, sense of waiting, in that sense of wondering, in that sense of of um, longed for, you know, hope, that anticipation when we already know? Um, and I think it's, a, it, the, what's so cool about it is that um, being intentional like that, knowing what will happen gives us then the experience, the discipline that we need for those times when we are waiting and we don't know what's going yes. to happen. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, if you think about Advent and Christmas season as spiritual practices, yes. not yeah. just holiday seasons, yeah. I think that's very, it's a very helpful way to think about them. If you think about it as a holiday season, it, they're like over in a flash. Right. You feel rushed because you've got all of this prep work to do for family gatherings or friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, gifts to shop for. You want to make yeah. sure everything's right for the kids or the family, that right. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And if we focus on that, then then everything goes by so quickly and we we lose that opportunity to kind of sit yeah. in the story of what Jesus has done for us and gain kind of the spiritual benefits for it. And so yeah. um, I like to think about these seasons not as cultural holiday seasons, mm -hmm. but spiritual waiting seasons, Yes. Seasons to recognize, to pay more attention to the story. Right. Another thing we often say here at CrossView is don't be so familiar with the story that you lose your awe and wonder at what's happening. Yeah. I think that's so important to say uh, during Advent and Christmas, because if you've been following Jesus for, for any time, we come to the season every year and we know it. But yeah. 
It's really important to not lose your awe and wonder. So important. And there's always something new. I find that every, yeah. you know, we return to this story of, of Jesus's birth and the days that preceded that. Um, I, I've heard this every single year, right. my entire life. It's a huge part of my, uh, my family traditions. And, and yet there's something new. Uh, every single time, yeah. and that that just is part of you know following a a, a living God. Yeah, um, that we could, there's always more. There's always more uh, right. to know about Him. I love that, and that may be a really good uh, transition here into the the text that we're looking at this week, because we kind of think about the hope that we get in Jesus. So we're looking at the beginning of Luke, and I love this story. Not necessarily. Uh, Always, Advent usually starts with a look at some of the Old Testament mm-hmm. uh, passages and the pro- and the prophets looking forward to the coming Messiah. I really like uh, this year starting here because uh, when we think about our world today and what you had just said about that, there's always something new. That's mm-hmm. the that's the the a, a really cool part about this story is that there's something new yeah. and it wasn't expected, right. and it had this meaning to Zechariah and Elizabeth that is a little bit difficult for us to understand. So the story is that Elizabeth is barren and unable to conceive mm-hmm. children, and she's very old. She's very old, <laughs> yes. We see this in other places in Scripture, yeah. right? Actually, fairly frequently where there are are women who are unable to bear children and have perhaps passed the age where that would be considered a possible. Right. And this is, just to bring some cultural understanding, this is a significant aspect of identity for uh, for both Zechariah and Elizabeth mm-hmm. in the ancient world. Uh, Zechariah kind of embodies this other kind of character, which we, which we read a few verses later, this either believing or not believing yeah. person. But for Elizabeth, the inability to bear children would have been an element and aspect of deep shame yeah. uh, in that culture, because yeah. that was a primary role, uh, and it would have been one that was would have been ongoing, a very difficult reality. Yes, because not only are you is she probably dealing with kind of self identity issues. I can't do what I, what is one of my sacred duties in yeah. this culture. Yeah, but everyone else notices that too, and so there's this there's the shame and embarrassment right. that comes along with that. It's got to be really difficult. So when we're reading this, we need to feel that emotional weight on this story, that there is a deep emptiness here, a deep longing that just at this point as we read the beginning of it, there's no hope for anything different. I mean, she's barren and she's very old. And she's very old. Yeah, and her peers at this time would have had adult children. Uh, by then, adult sons who were, you know, probably part of of her of her care, and it's it's really sad to to think about her uh, having lived her entire adult life with this shame, and that shame just gets deeper year after year as as the women around her are all giving birth and raising families, and she just continues. Um, I think there are a lot of people, a lot of women today, who could relate to that pain of of uh, longing for a child and not being able to uh, to see that become a reality what, uh, for, for whatever reason. But in our culture, it doesn't carry that deep, right. deep, deep shame that it would have for right. Elizabeth. I'm so glad you pointed that out because 
just recognizing that, that the cultural differences is significant in that way. And when we read this, we might not think that this is such a big deal, but yeah. it really is. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. we've got to understand that as we read this story. Uh, so then we have Zechariah, who's a priest who serves the temple, uh, also uh, old. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think along with this, there's this sense of emptiness that um, that I think is very prominent in this story. Yeah. Uh, and so you can kind of imagine Zechariah just kind of going through the motions, doing his duty at the temple, mm-hmm. probably like with his wife longing for um, for the fulfillment of a child. Yeah. And just and just not not having that, and then all of a sudden in verse eleven, we get this fascinating interaction, uh, this between Zechariah and an angel of the Lord. It says an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing right in front of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him, but the angel said, "Do not be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give uh, will give you a son, and you are to call him John." That sounds really familiar, doesn't it? It does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost word for word for what we we were going to read just a little bit later on, right? Uh, next week, especially uh, the, the "Don't be afraid." I love that. I yeah. love that the angels begin this way. Don't be afraid, right? Yeah. Don't be afraid. And so, I mean, you just kind of try to put yourself in that context. Uh, the angel shows up, and with this miraculous announcement, and all yeah. of a sudden, their world is changed. Yeah. From emptiness to the fullness of what God can do in a moment. Right. And so we're going to kind of take something that's maybe more practical and work on the abstract a little bit. So that is, think about the emptiness in their life Mm -hmm. with no kids. Think about the emptiness in their world, Mm -hmm. Uh, the the longing for, the long-awaited longing for a Messiah. Yeah. The ancient Jewish people empty, you know, they've got this promise from God, but just nothing's going on. So right. what's the deal? Right. Uh, now make those parallels to our world today. A sense of maybe emptiness that people might experiencing might be experiencing in our context, in our world. We can all think of people who who maybe might describe their life as empty yeah. or our world as empty or longing for something so much more. Yeah. And it might be that personal longing as Zechariah and Elizabeth had that that personal longing in, within their family, uh, or as you said, something bigger, something. This sense of, I don't. I think there. I think there are a lot of people who who feel a sense of uh, meaninglessness in our world, or yeah. what's the purpose, or things are just so bad. Then why, you know, what's even going on? What's the, right? There's no hope. What are we even doing here? Right. Um, and and in breaks God. Yeah with the very embodiment of hope in the midst of emptiness, right? That Jesus can change a life in a moment. And what's fun is it seems like Zachariah is totally not ready for for this encounter. Right. (laughs) Because he's like, are you sure? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And uh, the angel gets a little upset with him and, uh, you know, essentially says, yes, I'm sure this is going to (laughs) happen. And just so you know that this is real, you're not going to be able to speak until your child is born. Right. Uh, (laughs) So I love that. I mean, just imagine like he goes home. Elizabeth is like, hey, how's your day, Zach? Like, guess what? I'm pregnant. Right. Just Nothing. He can't say anything. <laughs> She's, wow, you're speechless. What do you speechless. think about that? Yeah, yeah. right. Totally. <laughs> but uh, I just the the 
the immediate and unexpected fulfilling of this hope beyond what anyone could expect yes. where they thought it was impossible it now right. is possible and this is this is the one who's just going to prepare everybody for Jesus right this isn't even Jesus right and yet already brings such hope exactly look at this look what god can do talk about like breaking in right like yeah. I think about it like, you know, a super dry desert cracked everywhere and all of a sudden there's an overwhelming amount of water, Yeah, you know, something yes. like that where there's just an immediate difference. And all of a sudden, we talked about it uh, last week when we talked about controlling your tongue, the idea yeah. of a small thing can set uh, something on fire, right? right? So I think about the small spark of hope that can ignite a flood of hope yeah. of what God's going to do through the coming Messiah. Yes, Yes, and then if if you continue reading the Gospels, uh, then you'll hear about this baby that Elizabeth was was carrying and what he did and how he prepared the way for Jesus uh, within the culture in in really powerful ways, and uh, and can just see the fulfillment of this this hope that God has given to Zachariah and Elizabeth here. Yeah. So uh, I know we talked a lot about uh, just kind of some of our own fun uh, Christmas stuff at the beginning of this and, and are coming to the end of our time. But I think as we think about Advent, as we think about the beginning of the hope that we find in this story, I, again, try to take what the, the, the elements of the story and apply it to your life and maybe in an abstract way, but a way that has a lot of meaning. Yeah. Are you experiencing an area of your life that feels hopeless? Mm -hmm. Maybe you have emptiness that you've been experiencing in your own life. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's just in our world. And I think our message to you would be don't lose hope yeah. because we have hope in what God has planned for humanity. Right. And even if we can't see all of the answers, we think something's impossible. It's not. Mm -hmm. Look at what God is doing. <laughs> and he's still doing that. And he's still doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And in and in those times of we could consider them times of barrenness, times of emptiness, right? Where all hope seems to be gone. We can just know that God is there yeah. and working and active, even though we may not be able to see him, but we can trust that he's there. And I think that's what Advent does for us, is it builds that that discipline of trusting that God is there and he is working yeah. and 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 he is bringing hope and redemption. Uh, whether we can see it or feel it or not, he, he is there. Absolutely. So take some time to practice this yeah. this week uh, b before we get to the next week in Advent. Uh, spend some time in the morning in silence. Don't be in a rush to get to Christmas. Right. Wait, expect, long for God. But then I think the cool thing about knowing the end of the story is that we can revel and relish in the fact that God actually does provide the hope that we're longing for. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Merry Advent slash Christmas, everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You should probably go have watch the movie Dumb and Dumber. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Don't. don't amazing do is one word for it. Yeah. yeah. Amazingly <laughs> dumb. Terrible. Yeah. I don't go know. read the Bible instead. That's a much better that's idea. A, that's a very good yeah. idea. Okay. Bye. Okay. <laughs>